Welcome to another session. I'm so excited about today. This is Ross Jelseth, your host on yet one more Winning Words podcast, where we do our very best to provide you insights, perspective, wisdom, and potential direction for your life. And we do so by speaking life into you, my audience. We do so with what we call winning words, the right words spoken at the right time. And today I'm so excited to present this topic, the legacy of fathers. We're heading into Father's Day weekend this Sunday, and I think it's important for me at least to honor the legacy of fathers. So here we go. First of all, when we talk about legacy, we're talking about something long-standing. What is left, so to speak? What is gained from those that have gone on before? So I can only speak to the fathers in my life and the fathers that are coming behind me, which now extends through parts of four different generations. My father was born during that time called the Great Generation. We'll talk more about that in a few moments. Then I was born a baby boomer. Then my two sons are a part of the millennial generation. And now my grandchildren, the fourth generation, becomes that Generation Z. So in every one of those generations, there are, there were born male babies. So potentially, even in my four grandsons, there will be a potential legacy of who they were as fathers. So let's go back to the beginning. And when we talk about the legacy of fathers, I want to speak to about this four-generation cycle of life and influence. And as we gather, you gather potentially this weekend to honor your father, your grandfather, or other fathers that have made influence on your life, I would suggest to you that part of your cycle of life has been the interaction you have with these men called fathers. In that regard, there's something that you have gained from your interaction. Sometimes values or substance that you grasp wholeheartedly. Sometimes it's lessons or perspective or insight about something that you didn't necessarily want to appreciate at the time, but you do now. Because over time, in the cycle of life, we look at things a bit differently. So let me go back, first of all, to honor my father, who was a part of the great generation. Now, the great generation was born at a time when the United States of America was in difficult situation. World War I was a part of that generation. But then next that came was the Great Depression. Now, if you're a young person being born 
in either of those two environments, a world war that may have taken my father's parents away to serve in the war, or relatives, that causes a significant amount of strain on a young person growing up. Then, to be raised during the Great Depression, where money was very, very tight, jobs were harder and harder to find, raising a family was very, very difficult to make ends meet, and yet my father, Arnold Gelseth, worked through all of that as a young boy, lost his mother when he was very young, lost his father by the time he was nine. So he had lost both parents and he hadn't yet turned 10 years old. And yet my father, I would say, because he was a part of the great generation, was a generation that while there was struggle all around them, you know what they did? They kept pressing on. So one of the legacies of my father that I picked up on, I'm going to share with you. And that is his life in its entirety. There were three things that I gained from my father. His legacy passed on to me. And I know that I passed on some of his legacy to my sons. And prayerfully and hopefully, my father's legacy will extend itself into my grandchildren as well. So these four generations have influence beyond the lifespan of any one father. And that's why I titled this The Legacy of Fathers because the legacy extends itself. Let me continue. Back to what I gained from my father. First and foremost, work ethic. I was born in a small community in North Dakota, raised on a farm. And on a farm, you learn how to work. And my dad just didn't have a little single focus farm. My dad had a sizable farming operation, a sizable cattle operation, we had several different farm animals that needed to be taken care of, part of which was Ross's job. And part of that work ethic for me was simply following the instructions my father gave to me to help do the work on the farm. That was reality because at times in my farm, in my growing up, we weren't going to hire somebody else to do the work. Instead, if the cows were to be milked, you guessed it, Ross was going to milk them. If there was hay to be put up in the summertime in the heat and the humidity of July summers in North Dakota, Ross was going to be a part of helping my father do that. Fortunately or unfortunately, I was the only son. So the biggest part of the work that my father needed help with, he turned to me first. So work ethic was a big part of it. The second thing that I learned from my father is discipline. You cannot operate a farm successfully without great self-discipline. Because when you live on a farm, you're alone a good share of your day. 
there was no one else coming in the uh, farmyard each morning early to say, Arnold, get up. You have to go take care of this, that, and the other in the field. You have to take care of your cattle. You have to take care of your horses. You have to take care of your pigs. You have to take care of your chickens, blah, blah, blah. No. It was my dad's self-discipline that got him up every day, and he knew what he had to do. Milking cows is a perfect example. Cows need to be milked twice a day. So early in the morning, and the last thing my dad did at night was milk those cows. And so the work that needed to be done happened because of my father's self-discipline. My mother used to encourage him at times. I remember conversations at the kitchen table like yesterday. My mother trying to encourage my dad on a holiday weekend, let's take a couple extra days and go and do. And you know what my dad's answer was most of the time? Even though my mother would say, the work will be here when you get home. He would say, yes, but some of the work needs to be done while I'm gone which was his way of saying he had to stay focused on what needed to be done every day, the self-discipline. And if you think about life, if you think about life, it's so easy for us to lose our sense of discipline. Think about New Year's resolutions. How many people want to lose X number of pounds? How many people want to start running every day, going to the gym every day? And the reality is by January 10th, They've given up on their resolutions and by the end of January, they can't even remember what they were. So self-discipline is the second thing that I learned from my dad. So work ethic, number one, self-discipline, number two. And number three was vision. My father was a visionary. He was a visionary in that he always wanted things to be done well. His vision was, if you're going to do it, you do it well. And I remember as a young guy, probably 13, 14 years old, driving the tractor and my dad sending me out in the field to cultivate, for example, to dig up the soil. And he would critique my ability to drive the tractor straight so there weren't curves in the furrow, so to speak. If he wanted it done, he wanted it done well. So in that regard, his vision was that doing it well would lead to having more opportunities. In that regard, I coined the phrase some time ago in coaching that do your best with the little things and the big things will come. Do your best with the little things and the big things will come. And sure enough, over time, my father went from having a few cows to a lot of cows. Having a few acres to farm, a quarter or two of land, to having several quarters and sections of land to farm. He went from having a couple of tractors to several large state-of-the-art tractors. Why? Because his vision was that he could do better. He could achieve more. And so those three things I learned from my father. One, 
work ethic to doing things well because his vision was such that it was going to be done well. And the third, as I spoke to, self-discipline. So in my life, I've gained value in my lifetime from working hard. I've achieved and I can look back and say, why? Because I had the work ethic to be there on time every day. Put in the work, do it well. And that self-discipline and that vision for my life that I've learned from my dad was that continue to aspire to greatness. And I say that with humility because I'm not great. But the aspiration, the vision that you're going to do your very best is a powerful vision for every day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And part of rejoicing and being glad, I think, people, is that, that attitude that I'm going to make the most of today. So as we continue now, so Arnold, great generation. And if you study people in the great generation, you're going to see similar qualities to those that my father had. The other part of the great generation, if you think through this, World War I, the Great Depression, those that made their way through it did so because of a high, high threshold of perseverance. They kept on keeping on, as I use the expression. So the great generation is a part of my legacy. I wasn't born the great generation, but I learned through my father's legacy. So now what does Ross do as a baby boomer? Ross lives his life and Ross takes part of what I learned from my father. And now I extend it into my sons, Brandon and Tyler. So I can extend into them only what I know and believe in. And so, yes, I extend to them, I offer to them, I teach them, I coach them that work ethic, self-discipline, and having a vision is so important. I learned that from my father. In addition, what have I added? What's my legacy for my sons and my grandchildren? And that's why I call this the legacy of fathers. Fathers are called to be the head of their households. Biblically, the teaching in God's word over and over speak to the value of the father being the head and the leader of the home and the family. There's no more important unit anywhere in the world than family. And yet, in so many cases, we have brokenness in families. We have broken life cycles for any number of different reasons, all of which lead to heartache, disarray, chaos, anxiety, anger, resentment, all the things you would not want in a family. So part of my legacy to my sons is that of being the very best father I can be. And I can't think of a, of a more important role for Ross than being an effective, loving, caring father. 
Now, let's unpack that. First and foremost, my legacy will be that of faith. In the book I wrote, Winning Words, Speaking Life to Influence Others, it's not by accident that faith is the first chapter of the book. It's by design. Because I believe part of my legacy is transition of my faith to other people. Not the least of which are my two sons. And to other young people, peers of Brandon and Tyler, and students, athletes, faculty, staff, assistant coaches, the people that I have come in contact with in my lifetime. And I've been blessed to be around some great people. But part of Ross's legacy is the extension and the sharing of my faith, which I aspire to do almost every day. So part of my legacy, legacy of being a father, is extending my faith. Another aspect of my legacy is going to be attitude. As a 35-year football coach, college and high school level, a big part of my coaching was coaching attitude. Attitude of assistant coaches, attitude of equipment managers, attitude of our secretary, attitude of our players, attitude of our parents, all of which came from where? My attitude reserve, so to speak, my attitude reservoir. You've heard the expression, you can't feed out of an empty basket. In order to promote positive attitude, you've got to example. You've got to provide positive attitude. So my fundamental favorite saying that's going to be on shirts in just a couple weeks here, available for sale, um, the first one I'm going to put on the back of one of those shirts is, we get better or worse every day, we never stay the same. You get better or worse every day. You never stay the same. What does that translate into? You and I, you and I get better every day or we get worse. So it's a choice. Attitude's a choice. We can smile and say, yes, we can, or we can frown. We can lower our eyes, close our eyes, wait, I'm not sure. Well, if you're not sure, you likely can't. So the second thing in my legacy is going to be positive attitude. I believe you can. Tied to attitude, but the third part of my legacy as a father is a word called encourage. I feel it's my responsibility to lift people up to encourage them to say, yes, you can, to pat them on the back at just the right time, to come alongside of them with a phone call at the opportune moment, and I can speak life, belief, confidence into them. Or sometimes encouragement, you know what it is? You and I can give encouragement, and my legacy is also a legacy of listening. I've learned that I can encourage people simply by listening. My wife is my greatest coach in that regard. Sometimes she'll be saying some things and I will immediately have a solution and she'll say, 
Ross, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen to me. So I've learned over time that I can be of encouragement to others simply by providing the time to listen to them. So from my legacy as a part of the baby boomer generation, my legacy as a father are going to be those three attributes. Faith, number one. Attitude, number two. And number three, encouragement to others. The fourth, for me, is something that I believe in significantly. And that is legacy. It's not by accident you're listening to this that I titled this The Legacy of Fathers. Because I only want my grandchildren to know, to learn the best of what I can give to them. Gener two generations apart. But that they would have learned that from their grandfather that there's a legacy. What was Ross's legacy? What was Papa's legacy? I'm no better than them. I'm no better than you. So I'm not a big deal in terms of my legacy. But part of my generational influence, part of my legacy as a father is tied up in that word legacy. And I think we all need to pause and ask ourselves, what is it you want your legacy to be? As a husband, as a father, as a coach, as an educator, as the head of a school, as a community leader, and as I referenced, a papa to my grandchildren, my goal from a legacy standpoint is simple. I want to use my life and my influence to make other people's lives better in any way possible. So whatever I can do to help make my grandchildren's life lives better, that's what I want to do as their papa, as a father who has a legacy. So today, let me close with this. As you look at your life, as we look at fathers, this weekend's Father's Day weekend, I would speak to legacy as something handed down or received. I hope in today's podcast that you have gleaned from me that it works both and. There's a legacy and there's fathers. And this weekend, maybe you'll listen to this next week and it's never too late. It's, it's an opportunity to honor your father. Maybe he's living, maybe he's not. But you can honor the memory of your father. But then with that, you can always also be thinking about your own legacy. Legacy is described as something handed down or received. So what has been handed down to me 
and what will others inherit from me? I would argue that a life lived with intention has daily opportunities to leave a legacy, a lasting influence. Let me close with a question. What do you want your legacy to be? Your legacy is every bit as great, as important as mine. What do you want your legacy to be? Thanks so very much for listening in to this conversation about the legacy of fathers. I appreciate very much your listening, your learning, and hopefully this has helped you in some way. My coaching and consulting website is www.josephassociates.com. My book is available at www.coachspeakslife.com. Coachspeakslife.com. There's anything I can do to help you. Shoot me an email on my website. I'll look forward to connecting with you. And again, every day you have opportunity to determine not just that day, but what your legacy is going to be. Live life to the fullest. Be the very best you that you can be. God's best to you. Thanks again. 